This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this Sunday, beautiful Sunday. It's supposed to rain all day, but it uh, looks nice and sunny down here. We have in studio Dan Rinelli, Canadian uh, Ball Hockey Hall of Famer, right, Dan? How are you this morning, Dan? Good, Naz. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Glad you're here. And Al Tambrini, who is a famous Western Ranger ball hockey player and a great sports person. Al, how are you? Thanks, Nas. Good morning to everybody listening, and uh, pleasure to be on the show. Good. We're going to talk about uh, the Blue Jays first, and uh, what, what, what's going on with them, Dan? Well, all I know is your prediction that you made uh, back in, uh, I can't remember the date now, you guys were hashing it out with uh, Wally, and uh, I think uh, the famous uh, Lou Franceschetti was uh, arguing back and forth. And yeah, the Yankee you, fan. The Yankee fan. Uh, you called it. You said that they would finish last in the division, uh, and it's true to form. They're, they're tied with Baltimore in the, uh, in the east. They're, uh, they're bottom of the heap right now. Seems like their pitching's gone south. Their strength is, is their weakness. And um, we were talking a little bit off off off, uh, off the air before, but uh, you you say there's no what did you call it character or or there's or, no spark. There's no there's spark. spark. Yeah, and I and I see the same thing. So uh, yeah, there's absolutely no spark. Al, what do you think? Yeah, I um, I've been saying it since the uh, the off season. I, I think it uh, stems from their offense and the fact that uh, you know the top six hitters in the lineup have absolutely no speed. So, I mean, I heard a sports writer say once that you have to hit three singles just to get a guy <laughs> home from third base. I mean, that's true. Um, and a lot of people blame, uh, you know, the new management, but I really think that they've been hamstrung by what um, the previous general manager did in terms of trading away a lot of the youth in the farm system. And uh, they really don't have a lot of people to deal right now if they really want to make any trades. What's really bothersome is the last, they're five and three in the last eight games. Those three games, they gave up over 10 runs. Like there was one game they gave up 19. Yesterday, they gave up 11. The game uh, last week, I think they gave up 14 or something. And you, you never saw that in Blue Jay teams. And you're, they're getting smoked. Yeah, there's there's such a lack of consistency. It's not like when uh, I go out here with uh, my buddy and we go out for a couple pops on the weekend and uh, you already know how many Al's going to have. <laughs> he doesn't go from 0 to 10 and 10 to 0. It's these guys here, they either get 10 runs or they're giving up 10 runs. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. and you don't you don't know which team's going to show up like today again against Detroit. I don't know. Like they lost what was it 10-1 yesterday? I gave up on them after like uh, three or four innings. Yeah, there's a, there, there is an opportunity because nobody's playing really well in uh, the American League. If you look at it, other than Houston, Houston's dominating. But Cleveland's struggling. KC's struggling. Uh, Tampa Bay's playing well, but they're still five, six games over 500. So nobody's really taking the ball and run with it. And I don't see the Jays doing it. I just don't. And um, that's the way I feel. 
Yeah, the only team I, I, I've noticed uh, in the last little while is Boston, which, you know, are hammering some, some clubs when they, when they, even when they get down, they, they've got, uh, uh, they got a little bit more zip in their in their bats, etc. But uh, other than that, you're right. It's 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 really anybody's division, but it all depends on what kind of a start they're going to get in the second half here. They're they're talking about a ten game winning streak. They they're going to need, but I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, either, either do I. Let's get into the the ball hockey aspect of uh, with both of you guys, Dan. Uh, you, you're the Hall of Famer. You're, now you're talking my of, name, of the yeah. three, though. Al should be a Hall of Famer oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Right? There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's Goes without saying. Uh, we we played together a long time, and um, where has ball hockey gone from when we played and to where it is now as a sport? Well, I, I I sat on both sides of the ledger there. I used to, you know, I played. We played for a long time, all of us. We played with some ex NHLers. We we grew up in the system when uh, uh, these guys were up and coming stars like Ricky Tockett, Lou Franceschetti. Remember, we were talking about it before too. Uh, uh, a number of others that yeah, uh, Dino Cicerelli. And, yeah, uh, there's a there's a great great li- McTavish played. There's yeah, quite a few. great list of of players uh, back in that day when 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 we were well when I was young. You know, seventeen yeah. year old or eighteen year old. Uh, Going to the rink, and I was kind of in awe of that. Uh, uh, it's changed in so far as it's become uh, uh, an every person sport, but uh, the business of ball hockey kind of got in the way. Now, without getting into details, etc., uh, there was uh, there was always a power struggle amongst. Uh, I, I called it the heads of families, you know, out there, and and they never seemed to be able to get on the same page. Um, and then in my later years, where I refereed uh, at the elite level, uh, went worldwide with this. I, I saw it happening. It's changed. Yeah. There's a new uh, hierarchy up there, but uh, fundamentally, it's the same game. We used to, the game that we grew up with playing on the street. It just hasn't gone to that next level that you know they wanted to, where where it, w- it would be it would become an Olympic sport. The the concept was great. It's like uh, when you're younger, when you're 10, 11 years old, it's uh, Lindy Lou Road against Faulkner, where I live, right? <laughs> and uh, that's how you played, and you played for hours and hours, and they took that and put it into a rink. What a beautiful, great idea. But it never made it, and uh, always wondered why, but it never made it. And I think now... Uh as and everybody says this, you drive up and down streets and there's no one playing anymore in the street. I mean, everybody's sitting at home and playing the video games and whatnot, yeah. and you just don't see the kids being active like we used to back in the day. There's too many distractions these days. Yeah, it has changed. It has changed a lot, but... At the adult level, what's it like now playing uh, again? Do you know? Or? Well, yeah, it's 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 uh, um, it's been let's let's it's it's played in a lot more countries than it was when we were playing. Okay, yeah. it's gone it's gone worldwide. There are leagues out there. There's a world championship. There's uh, uh, the infrastructure has grown, but not to the level in which I anticipated it would have been going back uh, 10, 15, maybe even twenty years. As uh, when I sat uh, on the board as the uh, president of CBHA and and uh, a long stint even with Ontario Ball Hockey, uh, there there are too many people that wore too many hats, and and the conflict of interest kind of uh, uh, held it back. I think it's going in the in, in a better direction. I don't know if it's the right a better direction than it was in in the past. Uh, I see it on the website. I follow it a little bit. I still keep in touch with some people that uh, uh, that I know. There's uh, the junior um, nationals are coming here to um, Kitchener in the next couple of weeks. Friend of mine, Darsh, who uh, referees, the referee in chief out there in, in BC, he's coming. That we keep in touch. We try to uh, have a little bit of a roundtable on on it when when we get an opportunity. But it's tough uh, building an infrastructure, getting these uh, things in place, getting the uh, 
the powers to be uh, on the same page. It's, it's, it's tough. It really is. Al, your experience, you played ball hockey a long time, a lot longer than I did, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what was your experience like playing the sport? Well, it was uh, it was great because most of the people that I played with are still some of my best friends, right? Yeah. So from that aspect, I mean, we remain lifelong friends. Uh, it was great to be in shape, and afterwards, you know, you're all hanging around or go to the restaurant for a beer and whatnot. Yeah, and, we've had uh, a few of those. In, oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, from, from that aspect, it was great. But um, a few, like if I can say one negative was that, you know, running on the cement for so many years is taxing on the body, you know, the knees and the ankles and whatnot. And a lot of the guys now when we're out golfing and whatnot, they're kind of complaining about some of their ailments. And um, we didn't have proper trainers at the time. And I mean, you know, you always came back too soon from injury. But other than that, I wouldn't give it up for the world. It was some of the best experiences uh, in my life. Yeah, long Long, long time friends for sure in that sport. Yeah. You see them every day. Uh, the sport, uh, the biggest complaint I have with the sport is that it's played in the summer in a very hot arena. Does that make any difference? I, I, you know, I don't know where else you're going to play. You can't play in the winter because the winter, winter's hockey, right? Yeah. It's, 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 you know, our game in Canada is, is ice hockey. It's always been. It's always will be. I don't think there's room for it. Just like, uh, I mean, it, even Major League Sports can't, uh, can't compete with the Maple Leafs and, uh, and the GTHL, the big, the big uh, juggernaut that the uh, GTHL has become and uh, the Ontario Hockey League and, and junior hockey, etc. So you almost have to find uh, uh, the right time, the right place. It's a short season, as it doesn't... Uh, yeah. uh, I remember we used to start in, in April and uh, by, the, by the end of uh, June, we'd be going to provincials, nationals, uh, you know, uh, and, and that was the highlight. That was the fun part about it. We, yeah. we you know, and, and uh, uh, the summertime was good because we traveled. We went from from town to town for tournaments, uh, nationals for Al and myself. We, we, I mean, we went from BC to Newfoundland to, uh, you know, Alberta to, we, we traveled all across Canada. And then later on myself, I had an opportunity to go worldwide as well. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, and there was, and there was always the debates between who had the hardest shot, Tamburini or, uh, or Cicerelli, you know, uh, from, from the point. So there's always some, some camaraderie there, et cetera. And summertime, like he said, sitting outside, you know, in, the, in a nice yeah, weather. Or ordering, ordering the pizzas into the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, perhaps it's the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the question was, was pretty good. The, the question was, how many pizzas? That was the, always the argument. How many pizzas? It wasn't the beers. How many beers? It was how many pizzas? How many pizzas, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the, the, NH, the NHL does not allow their players to play ball hockey, and the, and the minor and the OHL player teams don't like it either. They don't have their, their players playing. Bruce Cassidy, who played for uh, Ottawa in ball hockey, he's the coach of the Bruins. Yep. He, he ruined his career playing ball hockey. Yeah, I read, I read that story, and 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 uh, it's it's like Al was saying, it's 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 tough. It's tough on the body. It really is. And then when you don't have. Um, I guess the, 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 the trainers that, uh, you know, our trainers were buddies of ours. You yeah. know, I don't know if they had, you know, they didn't have Louie and, uh, and, and those guys. They didn't, they, they didn't, have, they didn't have any um, uh, formal training, those guys, but they were great guys. And they knew where every beer store was. That's the thing. <laughs> that was great about That was probably the most important thing. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. And uh, the injury factor is there. I mean, hockey takes care of their, their people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if, um, if, if amateur sports like ball hockey or, or, 
leagues of, of such nature, even in other uh, areas of sport, have that. So it's tough. It's, um, it's a catch-22. You want to have fun. You want to be with your buddies. But a, a simple thing like a twisted ankle or uh, a, a ligament damage, et cetera, can, can ruin your career. And, that's, and I'm not surprised that uh, the teams, with the amount of money that they've got invested in, in their players, say, no, you can't. You can't go uh, skiing. You can't play ball hockey. You can't ride your bike. You can't do anything. So it's, it's kind of difficult. And, and on that note, I'd like to uh, congratulate uh, a former uh, ball hockey player that we played with, Rick Tockett, on his uh, new job as the head coach of uh, the Phoenix Coyotes. Rick was a great guy. We played with him for a few years, and uh, we just uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. He certainly deserves it. Yeah, he finally got his. Uh, he got back to the NHL. He was out of it for 15 years as a head coach. Yeah, and he came. He was instrumental in uh, the Penguins winning the Cup the past couple of years. Awesome. He's done great work, and uh, he comes from a, a long line of uh, uh, athletes in his family. He lived in Scarborough. His uh, brother was a great ball hockey player. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan Ty. And uh, uh, great, great guys. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of thing that we had. And that's what we miss the most when you're talking about ball hockey and you're talking about the value of it and, and why maybe parents should allow their, their their kids or, or the NHL or these other things or these other leagues should allow these guys to participate because you know what it's a great game anybody can play it and uh, and and like we said we, we were in it for over 20 years we're actually uh, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary our first national this year so it's it we still we still celebrate it every year I want to get into the lease our uh, our guests our two guests is going to be uh, we have Paul Patsku Leaf historian coming up at around nine twenty-five, and then we have former uh, owner of the Kings and the Argos, Bruce McNall, at uh, twenty to ten. So we're going to talk about the Leafs, and we talked a bit off air about them. The resurgence of the Leafs. Are you surprised at it, Dan or Al? Well, geez, as a long-time Leaf fan, of course I'm surprised because they they've been so bad for so long but uh, like we were saying um, you need a bit of luck like everything else right so they won the draft lottery and they drafted Austin Matthews and he really has proven to be the real deal Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean other than um, McDavid and Edmonton um, they couldn't have had a better pick in my opinion so he's the building block that they need and as well they've drafted really well in the first round the last few years so they've yeah. got a lot of good young and up and coming players. I see a bright future for them at this point. Yeah, I just want to go on record that I'm not a Leaf fan, but uh, I was when uh, up until they traded uh, Mike Shaky Walton, uh, who was my favorite player back then. And if Mike isn't in church, he might be listening to Mike, you. Right? Mike, I hope yeah. so. If 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 you're out there, uh, uh, I say hello. But <laughs> Mike, um, Mike's been on the show a couple. of Yes, times. he has. Uh, the the I, I like what the Leafs are doing. I, I think it's it all stems from from the team that they put together, and I'm talking about the management team. I think these guys are for real. I mean, how can you not respect guys like Lamorello? Um, you know, uh, Shanahan's done a great job. You when you when you look up on the box and, and he's sitting beside Jacques Lemaire, you know these guys got I don't know how many cups. You know, maybe twenty between them, and, yeah. and um, they're they're going in the right direction. They got the right clientele. They've they've got some great great young kids coming up. Um, and I, well, I'm going to ask you now. It's going to make uh, this year again before the season starts. What's your prediction with the Leafs? Well, I think they could win their division. I don't see anybody scaring. It's, we're not scared. Of, the Leafs aren't scared of any of these teams. Boston, Montreal, Ottawa. They could be right there for sure. I think they are going to finish first in the division. This will be a breakthrough year, and they'll they'll do quite well. They they got lucky drafting Austin Matthews. Let's just 
put it out there. They were lucky. Like Taze got drafted by Chicago. Kane, Chicago. Yeah. Malkin Crosby, all these guys, you got to get lucky, and well, you, you do. Yeah, not only that, but you have to have the right year as well. I mean, yeah. Edmonton proved that. They had a lot of first picks in the draft, and really nothing ever materialized, uh, either through bad drafting or the fact that, you know, that one-in-a-generation player wasn't in that particular year, right? Like a Matthews or a McDavid. Yeah, McDavid is incre- an incredible hockey player. Yeah, but you can't have too much up front. And not enough at the back end. So that's what they're working towards. You know, uh, um, I ask you guys, you guys are Leaf uh, aficionados here. Marlowe, what do you think of the Marlowe? Uh, well, the Marlowe the signing was terrific. They needed a, a leader. And uh, they needed an older veteran in, in there. And he still can oh, he skate. Could, oh, no, he, he can, can play. still play. He's an Olympic-type yeah. player, so... Yeah, and, and I agree. The leadership aspect is um, is one that they needed, and the fact that they gave him a three year contract, and really they have the money for the three years because you know once their rookies start uh, getting paid, then Marlowe's contract will have ended. So uh, I think it's a good signing as well. The only concern I, the only other concern I have, and, and it's the same with uh, Boston or anybody else for that matter, even in Montreal. Where do you get your ba- Where's your backup goaltending coming from? Where, what are the Leafs going to do if, if number one goes down? Uh, Tuka Rask, we saw what happened in Boston when he was average. They, you know, they were average. Uh, Montreal. Carey Price was the, the well, main well, what, example of that. Oh, uh, absolutely. For sure. You know, and, and, that, and that caused some major changes. So, I mean, there's, a, there's some question marks still there that they have to address. We have to go to commercial break, and then we'll be back with Paul Patsku. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. 
impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Paul will be joining us shortly. Al, uh, he's a Leaf historian. What was the best moment you ever seen an individual hockey player for the Leafs? The best moment, individual, well, uh, the obvious one was I was watching the game where Daryl Sittler had the 10 points. And, and the other one was another Sittler moment when he scored the winning uh, goal in the Canada Cup. And you, uh, you Dan, what do you remember? You know what? I know you're not a Leaf fan. No, but... I, no, I, no I was. I was growing up as a kid, absolutely. When I was, uh, you know, uh, 9, 10 years old, I remember watching the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. 1967, George Armstrong scoring that goal into the empty net. And, and seeing it again now uh, just brings back those memories. I remember asking my mother if I could go to the parade. And she says, no, we can't go down there because there's too many people. And, uh, she, you know, since it's going to be crazy down there. But that's, to me... You know, um, seeing, watching Johnny Bauer, Terry Sawchuck, uh, I mean, those guys were fantastic. Can you imagine a parade today if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup? What, what would where, it be like? What would it be like? like? I think it would dwarf. Where would you have to put, where would you put it? It would dwarf the Jays parade of, uh, of the World Series when they won it in 92 and 93. I think there'd be twice the amount of people. We have on the air right now Paul Pascu. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. You're a Leaf historian. What made you get into this end of the business? Well, I, why I wanted to get into this business? Yeah. I was always a Leaf fan. Uh, growing up, uh, uh, you know, I remember them with the Stanley Cup winning years, and uh, I went through a lot of droughts since then, and uh, I always wanted to relive the, the glories of the past. So I started to look for old video when they said there wasn't any, and one thing led to another, and then I became... Uh, uh, historian, um, archivist, and and, uh, and and still a big fan, especially now since they're doing a lot better. What do you think of the current uh, Leaf team? Well, they're finally doing it the right way. I mean, it's not rocket science. Uh, for years, this is the one city where you could bottom out and the fans would still keep coming and you didn't have to worry about the financial aspect. It's difficult in other places to do that, but not in Toronto. And they, they couldn't get their head around that, where they just uh, stopped trading the draft picks, and you can really build properly. And they finally got the good management in who understood that, and I guess ownership has something to do with that. And and look at the results, and people are saying, oh, it's going to take five, six years. Well, it took one year. You have to be lucky, of course, but they're on the right track for sure. Yeah, Paul, a uh, question for you. I uh, read a comment that um, you made uh, that expansion, NHL expansion, hurt the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can you expand on that? Yeah, back in 67, there wasn't much coverage of what really happened. Like A lot of strange things happened in that expansion draft, things that could never happen today, the way the rules were set up by one team to benefit one team. It's kind of complicated to get into, but basically the Leafs, they had sold their Rochester farm team the year before with all the players except for two they had recall rights on. Now, the f- interesting thing was during the expansion draft, they still had to protect those players, which are 35, 40-year-old Rochester players that were never going to you know, play in the NHL. And by doing that, the Leafs had to protect them when they, when they filled with the, the roster after a player got selected, they, they could fill with one. And because of that, they lost a lot of young players, Eddie Joyelle, Lowell McDonald, 
Bill Flett, players that became 30 goal scorers in the NHL, they didn't have those anymore, and no one reported on that. And there's this famous picture in the Globe and Mail where you have, you know, the Rochester American owners arguing with the Leaf owners at the draft table, saying, you know, you know, you got to protect our guys uh, because we need them in Rochester. So it just was never reported on, and that was the reason why the Leafs started going downhill right, right at that point. And there's also the thing where they just won the cup, and Imlac had a big ego, and they could do nothing wrong, and uh, they haven't been the same since. Paul, the WHA, how much did that affect the, uh, the Leafs getting back into the swing of things? Oh, yeah, that was a big problem. They lost... Well, they lost Perrant and most of their defense, and, and Jim Harrison, the only uh, tough forward they had in an era where hockey was becoming rougher. Yeah, that, that we didn't know until years later that Ballard really couldn't afford to sign them because he was in debt himself. But, uh, yeah, that, they had to start over again. But it's remarkable. Jim Gregory, he, he, he rebuilt the team after that by using dra- High draft picks, getting Salming and Hammerstrom. He doesn't get the credit he deserves because you had a really bad team in 72 73, the first year of the WHA. And then they, they turned into a pretty exciting team right after that. So, um, yeah, he, he gets the credit for that. Yeah, he was the one who uh, they drafted. They had three first round picks. They had McDonald, uh, Turnbull, and Bob Neely, I think, were the three That's picks. That's right. And, and that was incredible how he did that by trading, you know, Plant and, and, and others to do that. And that was foresight. And, and in those days, the draft was only, you know, 12, um, it, you know, 12 teams in the league, 14. And to get the equivalent of five first-round draft picks back then in one year, that turned that team right around. In your opinion, how close of the least? What, what what team do you think was the closest to get to the Cup final after the '67 win? Oh boy, they had the uh, the late '70s. They were really good and, and a close knit team, but with Montreal Canadiens being such a powerhouse, how close were they? Uh, I mean. Um, Possibly could have won it if Montreal didn't, wasn't in the league. Yeah. Uh, back in, there's nothing in the 80s. Uh, I would think uh, the late 90s, they were close. Uh, and we all talk about um, the Leafs were Gilmore gets high stick by Gretzky. That team probably was the closest because they, they were right at the edge of getting to the finals. And who knows what would happen against Montreal. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Now, um, how far do you go back with the uh, the tapes that you have on uh, old uh, Leaf games? Old Leaf games. Well, right from I, I'd say 1931 from Mutual Street Arena. That's the earliest actual Leaf uh, footage, and surprisingly, that's newspaper reports on that was that's the first time that they actually filmed indoors. And that's the earliest. And, of course, we have the opening of the Maple Leaf Gardens. And, and there's footage from every year after that. That's good. Hi, Paul. It's uh, Dan Rinaldi here. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Do we know each other? Y- yeah, we do. Uh, I spoke to you many times at that card show, a friend of George's who introduced us originally. And uh, we've kept in touch uh, 
Uh, yeah, on and, and I've invited you to our monthly yeah, alumni yeah, lunch. I was just telling Al, and uh, now that uh, I'm going to have a little bit more time, we're definitely going to join you because I, uh, I I love reading the stuff that you guys put out and uh, and following you and uh, um, and what you've done uh, or what the group has done you know, over the years. So I, I have a quick question, uh, uh, Paul. Um, what's the what's the, what is the greatest Leaf team ever in your estimation, and the greatest Leaf player, given that they just put out this hundredth anniversary and Legends role, the way it is? What's your take on that okay well we'll start with the greatest leaf team well you have to say one that they finished in first place and won the cup in the same year so we've got 47 48 team when you had apps kennedy and bentley at center rota and net and then you've got the 62 63 leaf teams because they finished in first and and they won the cup in 10 games i would say one of those two different eras hard to compare in the errors, but they were similar with uh, the top goaltending, the four defensemen where they were excellent and and strength down the middle and and other stars too. So those are the two that I would think would be the the, the most dominant of their eras. And your and your greatest player? Well, I've been on a number of those committees to uh, select the top 100. We just did the centennial. The one for the Leafs, and Dave Keon came out at uh, number one, and he'd come out again uh, pre- previously that in another one we did with um, Mike Leonetti's top Leaf 100. Now I <laughs> I had Keon number two. Uh, I, I just hope. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dave is a good friend of this show, you know. So, well, <laughs> gotta be careful here, okay? Um, Peter Kennedy for me, uh, uh, because the leadership. Okay, if you compare all the players, Peter Kennedy, of course, he won championships. Uh, he was a great face-off man, but the leadership edged him above everybody else, in my opinion. Uh, not to say that Silas wasn't shouldn't have been number one. He, you can make a case for him. It, it it depends. When you have a committee like that, you ha- a lot of them haven't seen these players play. I have the advantage where I have the video, hours and hours of these guys playing, and so I can see how good they were, what kind of skaters they were, how they made their, their line mates better. And, and so I have that advantage. And, of course, I've talked to many alumni, and, and the only people that know how good anybody else is who really know are the players that played with and against them. And when you talk to them, you have to listen because they know. We don't know. They know. Paul, we're running out of time, but we'd love to have you in studio. You uh, you are willing to come in. We just have to arrange it. That's and right. We'd love to have you again, Paul. Yeah, thank and, and And just let me know when. I'll be there. Thanks, Paul. Have thank a good you. day. Goodbye. Uh, we have on the phone a friend of ours, uh, is this your special guest? Uh, yeah, this is a surprise special guest, guest uh, Nez, yeah, that you haven't here. revealed until uh, this moment. It's what's my line here? Uh, <laughs> is he uh, is he is he bigger than a bread basket? Is he greater than uh, some of the greatest? He's uh, won two Stanley Cups, so there's a there's wow, a hint. Okay, wow. uh, that's uh, Mike. Are you there? How are you, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, yeah. Mister Fuda. Morning, Mike. Is it, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna venture out to say that based on my geographical knowledge, uh, it's a little earlier in LA than it is here, isn't it? <laughs> yes, General, you're <laughs> you're quite correct. 
Have Please you gone to bed yet, Mike? This is Al, by the way. <laughs> oh, jeez, Tambo. <laughs> yeah. What a crew. What a crew. No, I, uh, no, I went to bed quite early. I've got a flight. I've got to go into, uh, I don't know if I can say this thing inside, but I've got a charity function. I've got to go to Las Vegas later today, so I'm, I'm up early today, so it's, it's good to talk to you guys. How are things going? Very good, Mike. Uh, you're doing very well out there with uh, family and friends and everything else that's going on. I heard that you uh, hired on B-Boy, and uh, you guys look really good at the draft. We were commenting back and forth on, on how nice he looked in a suit. There was 19 of you going up there, though. What was the big crowd for? <laughs> you had to get, I think you had to hit the suit back by three, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, I, I was commenting um, about his suit. I, I said to Dan, that suit fits like a glove. And he said, yeah, too bad it doesn't fit like a suit. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I think it's, that the draft portion is, I'm really big on the, the amount of work that the guys put in, the area, the area scouts and that amateur staff. I really think it's, it means a lot. And we haven't had a first round pick. Uh, for some years, I think it's something, and I know Rob, Rob Blake, and Luke were were really supportive as well. I, I think it's really important for them to be up there um, and kind of take their, you know, it's, it's the Super Bowl for all the work they've been throughout the year. So I know some organizations they send the touristy guys up, and a couple of them haven't even seen the players. They're more the figureheads for the draft, and then that's their way of doing things as well. But I, I thought. That us in Chicago and Toronto really uh, made sure everybody was up there, and I think it means a lot to the guys. Yeah, it was really nice to see, and actually couldn't happen to a better guy. B-Boy's been doing great work out here in, in, in Toronto. We always see him in the rinks all the time. It's always good to uh, to know that some of the local uh, local guys are doing really well. So congrats no, to Brian, you, and congrats Brian, to Brian. Brian, yeah. Brian Denny's been awesome. He's, uh, I mean, obviously, we, we know each other through our ball hockey days with with the Rangers and, and that crew, but he's just he's a special guy that takes his job very seriously, and he, uh, he did a wonderful job. I actually brought him into Owen Sound when I was with the attack, and he kind of took things to another level there with Ian McClellan and Dale DeGray, and then, uh, and then uh, when the opportunity arose, he's come down here, and he's opened some eyes with his work ethic. And the, good hockey man, good person. This past draft, there wasn't really any standout players, as they say, but how was the uh, strength of the draft, Mike? Uh, you know what? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, the problem—the problem—it's not really a problem. It's just the last couple of drafts have produced, you know, these these players that are beyond, you know, description. When you're getting guys scoring 40 goals as rookies, and they're they're clearly like at another level. It doesn't mean that the players this year drafted weren't. I just think it's because the people been spoiled the last couple of years with Matthews and McDavid and. And lining in the the Eichel crew, but uh, that being said, I mean for the, for us in our situation, we had uh, we had Gabe Velarde, we had him ranked probably in the three four area overall, and he ended up falling to us at eleven. So I think in that mode, uh, you, you start to look at things and think that there was some balance between what teams were looking for with their first you know probably ten to fifteen picks. So. Yeah, but good players were available and character kids. I mean, his kids come down. Our, you know, he was down our rookie camp. He's down here training right now, and, and he's a machine. So we're excited to have him. What is the? Uh, we have Bruce McNall who's holding on for us, but uh, Bruce is probably listening into this question. And I'm going to ask it. Uh, what is the strength of hockey in LA like right now, Mike? I don't think it's uh, it's never been stronger. I mean, uh, Bruce Bruce clearly. I mean, from growing up in Toronto and knowing. 
the history of that, you know, that, that great series the Leafs and the Kings put on when, when the Kings ended up going on to the final. Uh, it, that was really the, the flash, and, and the, the Kings became a place that, I mean, and Rob Lake obviously was part of that team, as was Luke with, with the Gretzky areas, where, you know, it was the place to be. I don't know if they were hockey fans, so to speak, uh, core fans of the game, but they were they were fans of the event, and they became fans of the players. And they did such. They put on such a huge show that it was, it was a great place to be. Now I think the success that we've had, not so much the last couple of years, but with the, the two cups in twelve and fourteen, it, it's just really grown to another level. I mean, the caliber of the player. I think there's a lot of Canadians that have, have kind of sold their roots down here, the same way in Florida. You see now the junior kings are being run. The, the caliber of the coaches, uh, the traveling teams that are put together. There's some great NHL ex players that are now. Uh, you know, you see the names, you know, Niedermeyer and you see Emerson and Blake and these guys uh, at Modry coaching these teams down here, these youth teams. These kids are getting great coaching uh, at the at the grassroots level, and you can really see the product uh, taking its fruition. So it's it's exciting. It's very exciting down here. And we still have our core core group of fans. We've got, I think we've been sold out two, three years in a row, and we've got we got to get our act together here. But it's it's a real, it, it's become a sport that's, it's really found its niche down here. What do you mean? We can't get tickets if we come down there, Mike, or what? What's that? What's all no, about? No, the sold out. are sold out. Oh, are they sold out? <laughs> I, can't I can't believe you've got him on a talk show talking about other teams. That's okay. Uh, Mike Al here. Um, what, what is your fondest memory about playing ball hockey with uh, myself and Dan? And <laughs> <laughs> well, Probably having to argue over which number I was going to wear with you. You guys, the camaraderie uh, is, it's easy to say, but I mean, you guys look at not only the fun that you guys had, it, it took over the obviously the success you guys had with all your teams, and we had it with our teams, but the locker room and just the family atmosphere you guys created, I think it's, it's it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, it translates championships and success and, and the history and the legacy I think with the pride Danny takes just even in the basement with the Hall of Fame and the ongoing you know the the, the ongoing golf tournaments you guys have and the, and the memories and the friendships are, that's the best thing that you guys can produce I mean I know we like to think that we were incredible ball hockey players or athletes but uh, the, the memories of, of the laughter and the, and the stories will go on for you guys are well worthy and certainly gamble a legend when it comes to telling these stories, and we, <laughs> and we hope much. to and we hope to have you at the at the Ranger this year, so you can uh, listen to some of those stories again and again, <laughs> again and again. again. They get better every year. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, I'll brother. Okay, that was Mike Fuda, assistant general manager and uh, player development uh, leader for the LA Kings. Uh, he's won two Stanley Cups, which is great. Unbelievable! Mike, uh, Unbelievable! Mike, yeah. Smart we, hockey guy. We have on the line the guy that uh, helped turn the LA Kings around by purchasing them, and Bruce McNall. Bruce, good morning. Yep. Hello. Hello. How are you, Bruce? I'm good. All is good. Now, uh, you, August eighth, nineteen eighty-eight. Do you remember that day? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> what was it, Bruce? Oh my God! August 9th. August ninth. That's right. That's uh, eighty-eight. August 9th, eighty-eight. 88. That's right. 
was the uh, was the uh, the big trade date with uh, Giddy Gretzky, and uh, boy, oh boy, it, uh, it changed a lot of things and a lot of lives between mine and, and Wayne's, and uh, so it was a. I, I don't think that uh, either Wayne or I exactly knew how big it was going to be. I knew, I mean, we knew it was going to be big for the team. I don't think we really understood the, you know, the overall effect it was going to have. Um, quite that, you know, I was really worried about the LA Kings. But uh, obviously later on it became uh, obvious that we could do more with it than that and try to get some expansion teams and that sort of thing. But uh, I don't think we really thought it was, didn't realize how big it was. How much did uh, Wayne Gretzky have to uh, do with the turning around of the, the whole LA franchise? Because we just talked to Mike Food as the uh, uh, assistant general manager of the LA Kings, and he said uh, it's right. never been stronger in LA right now. Uh, yeah. What did Gretzky have it, to do with it? Oh, about everything. Uh, I mean, look, I was a fan in the 70s. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I mean, you, you didn't have to order season tickets. You could simply, you know, walk up and get whatever ticket you wanted whenever you wanted. Uh, you know, you had five, 6,000 people showing up at games. Uh, you know, it was, nobody knew anything. When I bought the team from Jerry Bus. You know, I would ask my friends to name a hockey player. The only name they ever knew was Wayne Gretzky. So when Wayne, when we got Wayne, uh, we went from, you know, uh, from having, you know, virtually nobody knowing anything about it to selling on a regame. Um, you know, every movie star wanted to come, presidents wanted to come, everybody around. It, 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 we kind of made it the happening thing. It was all, all to the Wayne that uh, it became the, the thing to do in L.A. And uh, thankfully, it was able to carry carry on to to the point where uh, we were able to build a staple center, um, which is also that. Um, and uh, from there, uh, you know, continue the tradition, and now, it's, you know, like I said, it's never been stronger. You know, despite the last couple of years not being great, uh, those two cups in uh, uh, 12 and 14 uh, just has made this uh, the town still a major hockey town still. The... You, uh, along with Wayne and the late John Candy, ended up purchasing the Toronto Argonauts from uh, Harry Ornest, I believe, right? Right, right. Um, you were here, and you did a lot of promotions in that with the Argos. Um, it hasn't succeeded since the day of, not even before Ornest. It really hasn't succeeded. And it probably had something to do with the Blue Jays coming in to Toronto, as far as I'm concerned. But how difficult was it to get the Argos going? Well, it was a similar situation. I mean, the reason I bought it, Harry Ernest and I sat on the board of Hollywood Park Racetrack. So I would talk to him, and he was coming with the Argonauts, and then he said, you know, I'd like to sell them sometime, and that, that's how we ended up buying them. And I thought if I, if I gave Wayne and John Candy uh, to, you know, Toronto natives, or close to Toronto natives, Brantford, Ontario, I was to Wayne, um, that that ownership group alone might, create some excitement, and it did. And I also thought maybe there's something I could do similarly to the Gretzky situation uh, by getting Rocket Ismail, who at that time was going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL. And uh, again, you know, we created a lot of excitement. John Candy especially, I mean, he just broke his back traveling everywhere, not only just for the Argonauts, but for the entire CFL. And uh, again, we, we are, you know, we, we had a huge gate at the time. A lot of people came. We had a lot of excitement. 
and won the won the uh, the Grey Cup the first year. I think, however, that uh, for I think Toronto ultimately we have to face the fact that Toronto is the largest North American city without an NFL team, and I think Toronto ultimately, you know, they look to Buffalo now. I mean, they look to uh, I just I don't know. As much as I wanted the CFL to work, I just don't think that Toronto is a, a city that uh, I think they need a downfall team. Bottom line, and again, I don't think they'll get it as long as Buffalo is there, but they need it because I think that's what the fans of uh, Toronto want. What is the uh, you're you're in LA right now? Do you watch the Kings at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I'm very close to a lot of the guys there. Obviously, you know. Uh, Luke being president of the team and Rob Blake being the GM. Uh, they're both players of mine. We're very close friends. Uh, Luke takes care of me. I, you know, on everything we ever need for the games. And actually, so does uh, Phil Anschutz. And, uh, and uh, uh, they were great to me. So I go to about probably about half the games, I would guess. Um, and I you know, go there and I try to, uh, to, to help with their sponsors and, you know, meet greet the various folks there and um, and uh, it seems to uh, again. That's why when I go, it's amazing. The, uh, the excitement is still every bit as much as it was in the, in, even in my day. Mr. McNally, it's uh, Dan Rinelli here, and it's nice to talk to you uh, in studio with uh, Naz and uh, Al. Uh, I have a question. With all the money that's being thrown around the NHL these days, you know, the, the million-dollar contracts and uh, entry levels and all this other stuff here, what would right. what would Gretzky have been worth? At his in his prime today, what would you have uh, as an owner? What would you have had to pay him, or what kind of contract would he be uh, garnering? Well, well, here's the funny thing about about that about the sports in general. What player today in the National Hockey League do you think actually adds tickets? Probably today, Sidney Crosby, possibly. I'm sure he does. Maybe over I'm not sure about that. And certainly Conor, Conor McDavid today. And that's it. I believe. I don't think there's another player, any other players in the National Hockey League today that actually people people actually would buy tickets to go to see. Now Wait. they're going to buy to see the game. So the question there is, when I paid Gretzky, when, 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 when I got Gretzky, he was making $975,000 a year. When I told him I would pick up the highest paid player in the league, and I matched at that time the highest salary in sports, he was embarrassed. I mean, I gave him three. I offered him three million a year. He said, "No, no, no, that's too much." He ended up with two million a year, and he asked me to save another million dollars back for other players, oh, yeah. bonuses, and that kind of thing, which which is what we did. Today, Gretzky would probably be making, you know. I mean, if, if the latest contract, I mean, Conor McDavid got a hundred million dollars uh, for you know for his for the eight years or whatever it is. I'm sure Wayne would get two hundred million dollars or something like that. Um, or you know, he could almost name his price because it's 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 impossible to value the greatest player in the game and what he does for the sport in general. I don't think it's impossible to to begin to measure. I'm. It's, it's surprising to me with the revenues of the NHL hopefully being able to support this, although not all teams are. Obviously, you know, a team like Toronto, which is the most valuable franchise in hockey, um, you know, whether they win or lose, they're going to 
you either have this massive revenue stream, but a lot of teams, you know, don't. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing they can, uh, are able to support those kind of, uh, numbers being given out with players that really, um, you know, I don't know. It, 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 I, I don't know that those players would have, would have anything, would mean a whole lot to the gate or the television numbers, which is what you look for revenue streams. But so, yeah, I think Gretzky would make at least double what the highest paid player would make. One last question, uh, Bruce. Uh, you've been credited for uh, growing, uh, because of you growing the Southern California market for uh, right. NHL hockey, and you should be congratulated for it. Did you ever think that uh, they could support so many teams out there? You know, you know, I, I think I think that, that it supported it sort of could support the two teams, <laughs> the Ducks and the Kings. Now, I think that um, certain cities. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Las Vegas does. Um, I, I hope it'll do, do well. Certainly will for the first few years, I believe. Um, and some of the some of the some things that we did worked, and some have not worked. Obviously, some have done very well, and some have not done well. Um, and I do think that uh, in certain markets, it could be. Uh, I, I think more teams can be supported. It's in some markets, and some uh, one has to be rather careful with. It's uh, uh, again, the sport is not indigenous to the Southern California or Southern the Southern cities, the same way as it is in uh, in Canada. So you have to be careful. But I think it could support more. Yes. Bruce, thanks very much for getting up early with us this morning. It was great to have no you problem. and great in, great insight. Thanks, Bruce. You got it. Thanks for any time. Thanks. That was Bruce McNall. We're going to go to commercial break and then come back with a wrap-up with the two boys, Dan Ranelli and Al Tamburini. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. 
Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, boys, we're going to talk about the Argos a bit. Uh, our experiences. I used to be a big CFL uh, fan and used to go to a lot of games. And Al, you and I went, have been down to Ivor Wynn together. We used to go to Hamilton to watch the Argos play Hamilton. Yeah, uh, I, heard what, a, what, I heard there was a little story there. <laughs> there is a little story. Uh, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we can't tell it on the air right now. Oh, okay, maybe um, another time. But maybe uh, another yeah, time. it was good. Good times. No, it was always good times going to the Argo games. <laughs> but what, what's your experience like then? And have you, have you experienced the Argos at all lately? Or I, I have not been down to an Argo game myself in I'm going to say at least ten years. Uh, I think your comment about when the, when the Jays came in, it certainly took some of that fan base away from the Argos. And I agree with. Uh, Bruce McNall's comment in the fact that I, I think this is a major sports town and they view the Argos as sort of a minor um, football franchise. I really think it's an NFL city if we had an NFL team and not uh, from, you know, the Buffalo Bills. Your own. Your own. Coming here, the, the, uh, our own NFL team, we'd support it wholeheartedly. And I, I honestly don't think uh, the CFL will ever be big here in Toronto because of that fact. Yeah, I, I was hoping the the Chargers would come here when they got uh, ousted out of <laughs> San Diego, but that didn't happen. But anyway, I was la- I was there last year. I, I saw a couple games. I watched the game the other night when they took back the uh, the million dollars on oh. a on a bad call. That was a bad, was that terrible. wasn't even close to being and, interference. And, and they're not, in, in my estimation, uh, they're not doing enough to sell the game. They're not you know, they're not letting up on these 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 infractions, making it more exciting and, and, and fan-friendly and all these other things that need, that are necessities, as, as, as Mr. McNall was talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, when, um, when he said that there's certain, there's certain aspects of professional sports that uh, you, you, know, you have to be promoted. You have to have the right people. you got to have the celebrities. And uh, they've got, they got a lot of work ahead of them here because uh, uh, the place was empty last year. You could walk up any time. You can do it even now. And, and their team's a little bit better than they were last year. So You know, here's, we talk about Bruce McNall for a bit. Here's a guy that uh, defrauded banks, served time, but everybody loves him. Everybody loves it. I don't mind him. I, I really like the guy. Yeah. How and I think that... his ex-players will tell you that he was such a great guy. He took care of all his ex-players, and that's why they're taking care of him now. It's, it's very that, interesting. It's really funny. and it's, uh, We were talking a little bit off the air about O.J. Simpson and, yeah. and, and his likability, despite the fact of what, what he has been accused of or has gone through and then charged with and convicted. And, and he's up for parole next week. And, uh, the, you know, in Vegas, they're already got the odds out whether he's going to be let out or not. And people still love him. People are still talking highly. They want to, you know, he's going to go back to his old way. So I don't know. It's that celebrity that uh, that comes with the athletes or these 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 owners or whoever it is that just befuddles the mind, you know. We got 30 seconds each, guys. What are, what are your experiences been like on this show today, Al? Oh, it's been great, uh, Naz. Uh, hopefully I can do it again one day. You know, the first time you come on, you're always a little uh, apprehensive uh, about what you say, and you don't want to say the wrong thing. So uh, if there is a next time, watch out. Uh, it could be your last time on the air, Naz. <laughs> it's always a pleasure hanging out with two of my best buddies. And, uh, you know, when they say a guy's got a face for radio, Al, you're good looking, buddy. I'll tell you right <laughs> Oh, God. The boys are at it again, eh? Yeah, next time uh, I've heard from some of the guys they want to call in and ask questions, 
Uh, and so hopefully we'll have time for that next time because I think there'll be a few good questions. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Well, thanks, guys, for coming Thank in. You. Uh, Thank Wally you. will be back next week to join me, and uh, I'm sure he's uh, listening in uh, somewhere around, and he's probably laughing at uh, the two of you coming yeah. in today. Naza, apparently I heard that uh, Nally, uh, uh, sorry, Wally's uh, wife's credit card got uh, stolen in uh, Europe, and he didn't report it because the guy that stole it was spending less than his wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna, no comment on that. Yeah, no, no, that have no. a good night. All right. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.